Perhaps you've been in the situation where you're doing a job or you're facing a crisis or you're doing something and you're just stuck and you just say or you just think, I wish so-and-so was here. Maybe that's somebody who's living far away. Maybe it's somebody who's died and you just think, I wish they were here to help me with this situation. They'd know just what to say. They'd know just what to do. I'd love to hear their words, their wisdom. You know, maybe as a Christian, you have big questions that you're dealing with or you have struggles that you're going through or you're in a situation that just seems so hard and there doesn't seem to be any way through and you think, if only Jesus was here, if only he was with me. Maybe you're wondering this morning if this is all true and you're trying to work out, you know, can I be a Christian? Can I trust in Jesus? You've got questions, you've got things you'd like to ask and you think, well, if only Jesus was here, then I could ask, then I'd believe. So when I come to ask this following question, it seems like a bit of a no-brainer question. Where would you rather be this morning? Would you rather be in the upper room with the disciples, face-to-face with Jesus, seeing him physically present, or would you rather be where we are today without Jesus physically present? Again, it seems a silly question, doesn't it? Imagine being there with Jesus. Imagine you could see him. You'd know what colour eyes he had. You'd, you'd be able to ask him questions. You'd be able to hear him laugh. You'd be able to listen to his teaching, see the miracles. Sounds good, doesn't it? But in chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus tells us that it, and tells his disciples, it is to your advantage that I go. It is better if I go rather than stay. Isn't that an amazing thing to say? Jesus is telling us we are in a better situation now than the disciples were back then. What an amazing thought. Now remember what's happening in this passage as we uh, jump into it. The disciples are in the upper room with Jesus. They've just had this meal together that was going to be their last Judas has now left the group. He's gone to betray Jesus. Uh, And Jesus is explaining, I'm going. And where I'm going, you can't come. And the disciples are feeling, well, they're feeling like they're going to be abandoned. Look at verse 18. Do you see what he says there? I will not leave you as orphans. That's saying the kind of relationship that they've got with Jesus. He says, I won't leave you fatherless in that sense. I, I won't abandon you. This is like losing a loved one. This isn't just like losing a mentor or um, a boss. This is somebody they had um, poured their life into, given up everything for, and they were worried. And Jesus had told them in last week we saw, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You can be certain of the future because the reason I'm going, I'm going to the cross so that if you trust in me, you can be guaranteed of a place in heaven because I'm going to do it all. I'm going to earn it all for you. The disciples have heard that and they might have been thinking well that's fine for the future but what about now what about when you leave us jesus what's going to happen then don't go don't leave us this morning as you look at your battles and your struggles and your questions as you look at your life and the pressures and the failures and the uh, the worries that we have god can seem distant can't he where is he you know, Jesus is in glory, but I'm here. Where is he now? As a, maybe as a, somebody who's searching and thinking about these things and not yet a Christian, you're wondering if this is true. And again, you're thinking, well, if he was here, I'd believe. But Jesus points out something crucial. 
I want to give you something better than me being physically present. I want to give you something better than just being able to see me physically. What is it? He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and He is better. Having the Holy Spirit is better than being present with Jesus physically. Now, the Holy Spirit, can, we can sometimes be confused about ideas about who He is, but remember, Jesus is speaking about the, the Spirit of God, the, the third person in the Trinity. Remember, God is Trinity. He's triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Fully God. The Holy Spirit is fully God, has always existed with the Father and the Son from eternity. You know, He is right there from the second verse of the Bible we see that the Spirit hovering over the waters, intimately involved with bringing, um, uh, taking chaos and bringing creation out of it and order out of it. Uh, he is there. Uh, all the works from eternity past have been from the Father, through the Son, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same spirit that Jesus says, I want to give to you and I will leave with you. The Holy Spirit is described in verse 16. Do you see how he's described there? He's described as a helper. You might have footnotes next to that. It is not a straightforward word to translate, apparently. Paraclete. And um, it's, he says another helper, not, not a different helper, but another of the same kind. So equal with Jesus. But this helper is one who, it might be translated in your version as advocate, counsellor, helper, encourager, all those words. And you know when there's a word that's described or translated in different ways in different versions, then there's not um, one simple way. We don't have an equivalent word in our language. And it probably means there's lots of different meanings uh, to it and to that word. But here he is talking, and, and one of the meanings is a legal helper. That's how it was used elsewhere in other um, literature at the time, a legal helper. Somebody who can help and come alongside you and make your case. Somebody who can help you when you can't do it on your own. So as you look through this passage, let's ask this question. How uh, does the Holy Spirit help us? If he's a helper in different ways, a counsellor, uh, uh, an advocate, you know, how, how does he help us? Well, let's look at three ways that he helps us this morning. Uh, he's going to help us. He helps us to understand the message of Jesus. He helps us to live out the message of Jesus. And he helps us to experience the message of Jesus. So let's look at those three things together this morning. The Holy Spirit, first of all, helps us to understand the message of Jesus. So as I said, it's dawning on the disciples that Jesus is leaving. They are floundering. This three years they've invested in him seems to be um, a foolish thing at this moment because they're thinking, well, we thought we were going to be with him forever. You know, we thought we were going to be with him um, and he was going to be looking after us and caring for us. We've seen what he's been able to do and now he's going. Now, even though the disciples had seen everything Jesus had done, they'd had front row seats in, in, in the teaching sessions. They'd had things that they'd seen that, that we're told aren't in the gospel. So they'd seen so much more. And yet, do you realize they haven't got a clue. Last week, they didn't know where Jesus was going. Last week, we saw Philip ask, it wasn't last week for them, obviously it was just a few moments ago, but last week, that's what we looked at. Philip, last week, we saw, asked, you know, show us the Father. And Jesus says, don't you understand? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. They don't understand who he is. They don't understand where he's going. They, have, they don't get it at all. But look what Jesus says in verse 25 and 26. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. I've taught you these things, but you're really going to understand them when the Holy Spirit helps you. Yeah, you've seen and you've heard, but you need the Spirit to help you understand. Verse 20 says something similar. It says, in that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. You will grasp some truths that I've told you, but you don't get yet because you need the Spirit's help. Now, what difference does that make to us today? Well, I think it's huge, isn't it? The only way that we can know and understand who Jesus is is if the Holy Spirit helps us. The only way we can understand why Jesus came, the only way we can know and understand the gospel is if the Holy Spirit helps us. This morning, if you are amazed by the message of Jesus, however faint that might feel, you know, we might say, oh, I feel cold, and I don't mean physically cold, I mean spiritually cold. I might struggle, I might think, oh, Lord, I wish I loved you more. But if there is something in you that wants to love Jesus, that sees moments of Jesus' greatness and glory and beauty, and if you have experienced that, the only reason that you think the gospel is the best message in the world is because the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to see it. He has worked in your heart. He has helped you to see it. That is the only reason. It is not because of anything clever in us, but God, by His Spirit, has helped us to see. Without Him, we wouldn't be able to understand. Without Him, we wouldn't get it. Seeing Jesus, being there, wasn't enough for the disciples. They didn't understand. They needed the work of the Spirit. And in the same way, if this morning you are searching and if you're wondering if this is true, if you've been listening and thinking, you know, there might be something in this, if maybe over the past few months, past year, you've heard this and thought, you know, this is starting to make sense. Truths that you've heard before, but never really believed, or things that you've thought about before and thought that doesn't make sense, but suddenly they're starting to make sense, suddenly it's starting to fit into place. That is because the work of the Spirit is, is happening in your life. Maybe you are thinking these things through and Jesus suddenly isn't just a distant figure, but he's somebody who is deeply relevant. And when you hear the words of the Bible, they just speak into your life. That's the work of the Spirit. God is at work in you. And maybe it's time for you just to admit that and say, you know, this is true, and start following Jesus. Maybe this morning you're thinking, I would never believe. Let me ask you, what would it take? What would it take for you to believe that this is true? Maybe you'd say, seeing him. Seeing Jesus do a miracle. Have my name written in the sky. What, what would it take? See, the disciples saw it all. They didn't get it. So many people around that time saw Jesus do amazing things. They couldn't, quest, they couldn't um, uh, disprove the, the resurrection. They saw the empty tomb. And yet they still kept making excuses. See, seeing isn't enough. We need God's work, God's spirit to work in our hearts. So if you're a Christian today and you long for other people to know what you know and to see what you see about Jesus, then let's get praying that the spirit of God will work in people's lives. That's his job. He helps us to understand the message of Jesus. If you want to believe but aren't, why not this morning say, Holy Spirit, help me. God, help me to believe.
So three ways the Holy Spirit helps us, helps us to understand the message of Jesus. Secondly, uh, the Holy Spirit helps us to live out the message of Jesus. Now, how do we live lives that are faithful, honouring, bring glory to God? Maybe you look back on the past week and you've seen ways in which you have failed to do that, seen ways in which you've hurt those you've loved, let God down, done things that you're ashamed of. And you think, well, how can I do it? You know, we come back every week and I think I've done it again. How I'm struggling here. Maybe as an unbeliever, you're thinking, how could I, how could I live for Jesus? I couldn't keep it up. Well, look what we're told here about the work of the Spirit. Verse 15, Jesus says these words, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he says something similar, verse 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come and make our home with him. Now, Jesus isn't saying, keep my commandments in order to love me. Do you notice the order it says it? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus says, um, if there is a relationship of love, then you will want to do what pleases me. Uh, imagine a, a newly married couple. Um, soon enough, the husband starts to realize he has some annoying habits that he wasn't aware of before, okay? And this isn't, I promise you, this isn't describing any specific situation, okay? It just might be true for many in here, okay? Um, the husband maybe starts to realize um, he leaves his dirty washing on the floor, you know, or he doesn't wash up, he doesn't clean up after him. You know, he just, he has all these annoying habits. He just leaves a mess and he starts to realize that his wife that he loves, well, this winds her up or she doesn't like it. But because he loves her and he wants to please her, what happens? He doesn't say, well, that's it. No, he just wants to change. She starts to notice, oh, I've, I've left my dirty washing on the floor again. Oh, I haven't done that. Oh, I haven't put that away. Oh. And so suddenly that life begins to change. Why? Is it because they're following a list of rules? Well, maybe there might be a list of rules that's been written up since they got married, but really it is because there is love there. And that husband wants to please his wife. See, the role of the Holy Spirit is to help us to love Jesus, to help us to see how lovely he is. Um, one way it's, the Holy Spirit has been described is like floodlights. You know, if you go to a football match or a rugby match and you come home and you, that's all you talk about is how good the floodlights were, I might suggest that you've missed the point. You know, you go to watch the match. The floodlights are just there to, to show what's going on on the pitch. You know, in the same way, the, the, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to shine a light on Jesus, to help us see how wonderful he is, as the Father loves the Son, so we get to see something of that, that love and something of the greatness and the glory of Jesus. And so our hearts begin to change. We begin to love Jesus more. And if we love him, we will do what he says, because we trust him. Remember, as we live our lives, we are, need to live in dependence on the Spirit of God. Remember, the Spirit of God descended on Jesus Christ at his baptism and helped him to live in obedience. Jesus lived his life in dependence on the Holy Spirit. And it is the same Holy Spirit that he gives to us and says, um, depend on him. He can help you through. He can help you obey just like he helped me to obey. Look how it's done. Verse 23 kind of fleshes this out a bit. Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, 
he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him the father and son come and make their home in your heart by the spirit isn't that just mind-blowing to think about imagine again the scene you move into a new house and initially as you look around this house there's things that you're not too keen on you know there's wallpaper that you think needs changing the carpets need changing uh, you know maybe there's been furniture left there and it's not to your taste but but bit by bit year by year you know you end up pulling down the wallpaper and putting your choice of wallpaper up you get rid of the furniture and you bring your furniture in you know you change the carpets and and suddenly you're sitting there one evening and you're looking around and you're saying you know this is my home i'm happy here i, I want to stay here you know, that is the work of the spirit in the life of a believer see when the spirit comes in he makes us aware of things in our life that that god doesn't like so things that maybe you lived with for years and hadn't even noticed before suddenly when you put your trust in jesus you start to realize oh i don't know if i want to do that anymore or you're just aware of it and think oh I, i've said that and i i don't think i should be saying that anymore or you go here and i don't think i should be going here anymore and just slowly things are pointed out that you'd never noticed before that is the work of the holy spirit and bit by bit month by month year by year it's as if the father and the son look around our life and say you know i like it here i'm going to stay i'm going to make my home here you know so the spirit helps us and he gives us the power to change remember this is a change from the inside out isn't it this is transformation that's how god the holy spirit helps us this is so much deeper and richer than just saying being a christian is doing this that this that this that no no no. the spirit shows us how great jesus is we fall in love with jesus as it were and we say i want to follow him now we experience that love as well as we're going to see in a moment but our affections are changed our emotions are changed to be more like jesus and remember the spirit is a person now maybe you've done this in prayer it can easily slip out when we call the holy spirit an it you know it can happen but that is not true the holy spirit is not an it he's a he and that means the bible tells us we can grieve the holy spirit we can upset him so let me ask that question to each one of us is there anything in your life now that is grieving the spirit anything you know that you keep doing that maybe he's pointed out to you before and you just keep on doing it god in his kindness is again warning you this morning i love you that is going to damage you or damage people around you stop please look how great jesus is look what he's done for you look at the forgiveness available and then depend on the spirit to help you change the same spirit that helps help jesus live in perfect obedience he grants to us to live in obedience let's trust in him and not in ourselves he gives us the power to say no to be changed from the inside out see the, the holy spirit helps us to to live out the gospel message and there's another way just before we move on to the last point that we're told here about the spirit helps us to live and how he helps us live and jesus says i'm leaving and and that means the holy spirit is going to be sent but look at what verse 16 and 17 tells us and i will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows him uh, nor him nor knows him or nor knows him you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you look at verse 26 the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you jesus is so closely linked with the spirit that he can say through the spirit verse 23 i will dwell with you verse 18 i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you jesus is showing one of the immense privileges we have as christians because he is going he will send the spirit to dwell in believers so the spirit of god brings the divine presence of god into the life of a believer through his spirit as we just saw verse 23 the father and son will make their home in your heart so that means that you will never be alone that the god of creation is with you and for you remember at the end of matthew jesus says i will be with you to the end of the age now i wonder do our lives reflect that does your life reflect the presence of the spirit of god with you every moment maybe you feel like god is distant let's ask for eyes of faith to see that he's not he's never been closer maybe you feel um, like god has abandoned you look at this truth he will never leave you've been granted the spirit of god and we can trust in him it means we can truly know god not just know about him so the disciples are thinking we're going to be left alone jesus you're going on ahead to prepare a place which sounds lovely for the future but what about now and jesus says i'm going to i'm going to be closer than i've ever been you might be able to see me now but i'm going to be even closer than that i'm going to be dwelling in your heart forever see the life of a believer is not about a distant god far away but one who is present every moment of every day so maybe this week as you look ahead and you think of a week that's going to be another week of seeming isolation and loneliness the spirit of god dwells with you god is making his home in your heart god brings the the spirit of god brings the divine near so the spirit of god you see how crucial he is he helps us to understand the gospel the message of jesus he helps us to live out the message of jesus but the last thing briefly is this he helps us to experience the message of jesus verse 18 again do you see what it says i will not leave you as orphans and verse 20 tells us how in that day you will know that i am in my father and you in me and i in you now that's just a, a, a such a conundrum that isn't it there's so much going on there but you see what it's saying by the spirit we are brought into this loving relationship between god the father and god the son we stand where jesus stands by the spirit we are loved with the same love that the father has for the son romans 8 tells us this you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry abba father the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of god and if children then heirs heirs of god and fellow heirs with christ we are united with christ everything that is true for him becomes true for us we are joint heirs so it is as if jesus says to god the father here is my sister here is my brother we are united together and we are accepted and we are loved with the same love 
one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to take that truth that we might know, oh yes, I'm loved with that love, but to make us feel it in our heart. Um, when Jesus was baptized, remember the Spirit descends on him, and then he hears the voice, this is my son, with him I am well pleased. The role of the Spirit, making God's love known in our lives. Thomas Goodwin was a 17th century Puritan, and he saw this father and son walking down the road together. They were hand in hand, and then at one moment, the father picked up the son, reached him, and gave him a hug, kissed him, and said, I love you. Now, in that scene, was the father and the son father and son when they were holding hands? Yes. Were they more um, father and son when he held him up and kissed him and told him he loved him? Well, no, they weren't. No, no more. But at that moment, he felt his sonship. Yeah? It kind of felt, yes, I'm loved. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. To take the truth, I am a child of God, and to make it real in our heart. And God can do that. Maybe he's doing it even now, as we're thinking about these truths. He's just reminding you, you are loved. You are accepted. You are forgiven. God's word by his spirit drawing close uh, to us. See, this is the role of the spirit, to make us experience the gospel. It's not just a distant truth, but something that is near. We don't just agree to just distant, um, abstract truths but we can experience this as well. And we pray that God, the Holy Spirit, would make these truths more real to us day by day. That's why we don't want to grieve him. We want to know more of his assurance, more of his love. Remember what's going on here. The disciples are fearful. Jesus is going, and he says, I'm going to give you something better, a real assurance. You know, because if Jesus, if the only thing um, that they had was a physical Jesus, then that means we could only be with Jesus at one point in time. Yeah, he could only be in one room. But now, by the Spirit, Jesus can be everywhere. He can be present with you at home. He can be present with somebody else at the same time in work. Be present with somebody else at the same time in hospital. Because the Spirit of God can be present with us always. And that's why, verse 27, he can say, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. See, the Holy Spirit gives us assurance of the love of Christ for us, but as well, he gives us a peace that passes all understanding. These were troubled disciples, and he says, I'm going to give you a peace that isn't like a peace the world offers. What kind of peace does the world offer? The peace the world offers is, if you get the right circumstances, if you get the right um, bank balance, if you get the right holiday, if you get the right um, stuff, then you can know peace. But you see, that is only short-lived, isn't it? You go on holiday and you might know a bit of rest, but then you come home and you have to face real life. You get the latest gadget, but soon enough it's out of date and it doesn't please you as you thought it would. And, and these things just don't give us peace. They promise so much, believe us empty. But the peace that Jesus offers us goes beyond that. It is a peace that shows us that however we feel, whatever we're going through, God loves us and he is for us and not against us. Part of us kind of worrying and lacking peace is that 
we're trying to be God in one sense, isn't it? We, we kind of are all, know, we want to be all knowing, so we try and work everything out, and so our mind's racing all the time. Or we try and be all powerful, not just work it out, but try and fix everything and everybody's problems. But when we remember we're not God, and we look at what God is like, who is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit, we see, I can trust Him, I don't need to be omniscient. I don't need to be um, omnipotent, all-knowing, all-powerful. I can trust that to the one who truly is. And then we can have peace. We know our limits and we trust in Jesus. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Know this peace that the Spirit brings. The Holy Spirit, He helps us understand the gospel message. We wouldn't believe without Him. He helps us to live out the gospel message, and he helps us to experience the love and the peace of Jesus in our heart. Let's think of how we started. Don't we wish Jesus was here? Well, in one sense, of course we do. But he's given us something better. We can experience that love and that assurance by the Spirit's power. He's opened your eyes. He's helped you to see. And so we need to praise him, Holy Spirit, today. Thank you. Thank you for doing that work in our hearts. He's making his home in your heart, changing you bit by bit, pointing things out, experiencing the love of Christ, and let's say thank you. And if you long for what we've been looking at, just pray. Ask God to show you. Ask God to, to come into your heart, and he will. And you can see and, and, and experience just what we've been talking about today. Don't put it off. Trust in him today. Let's pray together. Uh, before we listen to our last song. Father, you are so kind and so glorious. We know as we think about the Holy Spirit, there are truths on here that are mysterious and wonderful and hard to grasp, but we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have opened our eyes to see how great Jesus is. Please, would you continue to work in our lives, showing us things that displease you, help us not to grieve you, Holy Spirit, we pray. And we pray that you would show us more and more of the greatness of Jesus so that we love him more and then, as a result, we'll keep on obeying him more and more. And we pray again for those not trusting in you yet. Help them to see, even today. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>